you know, take, turn, turn with me into the book of, of Acts, if you would. And we're just going to take a quick look at, at God's Word. And um, we're going to be taking a look at, uh, it's Acts 22. Uh, it's kind of where we've been for the last couple of weeks. And, and, and I can tell you that for, for Sierra and for Dory and also for Lisa, um, I appreciate them so much for, for coming and sharing their, their, their stories, their testimonies. Because, because every single one of their testimonies has impacted people in different ways. We can all connect to each of their stories in different ways, whether it be that it affects us directly or we know someone that it affects directly. Um, that's the reason that, that testimonies are, are so powerful. They're living and they're breathing. It's a story that, that is real. Um, you, you just can't, you can't get past the fact that, that for each of them, they found themselves in places where um, they struggled. Struggled with the Lord. They struggled you know, through the situations that they faced. And, uh, and I'm thankful that they were able to come and to, to share with us some of those examples so that we know we're not alone in this thing. You may have had some of the same experiences as has been shared over the last three weeks. Maybe you've suffered some of the same losses, some of the same situations. And to know that you're not alone is huge. And the truth is that you've never been alone. And that's what each of them has, has really brought forth over these last three weeks. I mean, as you just heard Lisa saying, I've not been alone. He's been there. Jesus is always there. So in, a couple of things I want us to, to, to talk about, and we're, we're going to go through these um, here real quick. Lisa talked a lot about trials and persecutions that she faced in her life. Um, and I know I told you to turn to Acts, so you can just hang out there in Acts, but I'm going to take us to a, a different spot to get us going. Here. In, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 14, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because of the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Lisa shared when she was younger, she had these Christian friends who were made fun of. And when she faced that trial of all of a sudden, because I'm hanging out with them, I'm going to start getting made fun of too. She did what... I believe most people, most of us, probably either would have done or probably have done. We said, you know what, I'm going to distance myself a little bit. I don't necessarily need that in my life right now. And, and, and the truth is, is that, that, you know, she was going through much. You know, I could sit here and point a finger at her and say, well, how dare you? You know, look at you, 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 you sinner, right? But I'm not, I'm not any different. I had friends in school that I... I had friends, I remember there was one guy, he came running towards me. Greg! Greg! I ran the other way. I was like, nope, not today. I wasn't a bad guy in school. I got bullied when I was in school. I, was, I, I watched my best friend. You remember the shirts that we used to have that said, say no to drugs? 
Remember that? That was the big push back in the 80s. And I was in, I was in the sixth grade, and me and my buddy, we both proudly wore Say No to Drugs, the Ronald Reagan and Nancy slogan, right? And, and I remember watching him as the big eighth graders grabbed him by his ankles, and they held him like this. They were big boys. I was, I was not nearly this large when I was in sixth grade. I was this little tiny thing. And they held him by his ankles, and the other guy ripped his shirt off and said, don't you ever wear this again. And I remember him making eye contact with me. And I went, not today. And I went the other way. Left him to fend for himself. I remember another time, got pushed down the hallway. Some guy came up behind me, took my wallet. I turned around and snatched it back. I thought, who are you? And then they shoved me. And I literally probably went 100 feet down the hallway backwards. One guy after the next, shoving me all the way down. I remember being stuffed in trash cans. I was bullied as a kid. We all have hardships and things that, that we faced. I wasn't nearly this cool all my life. Mike, you laughed a little too hard. <laughs> The point of this is that, is that we all face trials, we all face struggles, we all face things that we go through, and we have to make choices and decisions. But you know, when I was younger, I wasn't mature enough to make the right choices, the right decisions. The ones that said, hey, I've got some good Christian friends that are in my life, but I didn't hang out with them either. I hung out with them when it was convenient. I, I made myself available when I wanted to. In high school, I had a really, really, really good friend. Really great Christian guy. And, I mean, we, we, we drifted apart like you, know, you always do in high school. But man, I think back and I just go, man. That guy named John Willoughby. I even wrote him after the fact. Years and years and years after we graduated high school. And I told him, I said, just thank you for being my friend. He was impactful in my life, just like Lisa was talking about. Never forgot him. And I, and I pray that if he actually were to, by chance, stumble upon this today, that he would hear me say, John Willoughby was an amazing friend to me. And he, and he would talk about the Lord. But it doesn't just simply stop there. The world around us wants to do what it wants to do, doesn't it? The world around us wants us to feel like, like there's no other way that it wants to just crumble and crash down upon you. John 15, verses 18 to 20, it says, If the world hates you, know that it hated me before you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep also yours. The world hates Jesus. They won't want you to have anything to do with Jesus. But we're called to do something better, to do something more, aren't we? And the truth is, is that, that we all have that place in our story, our walk with Christ. Remember, we started this thing off. We said it was life before Jesus. And then we talked about how, uh, 
how in the second week of this, we said it's life in Jesus. When we, when we first get to know who he is, when we're first introduced to him, when we, when we first realize what he has done for us and he calls us to him. And remember last week, I told you at the end of service, I said, everybody just shut your eyes and, and I want you to picture that moment. And I want you to feel just for a second, relive the joy of the salvation you received. I said, I want you to, I want you to remember what that felt like. And then I said, where did it go? Do you still have it? Are you still enjoying the salvation that you've received? Have, are, you, are you joyful in the same way? And the truth is, is that many of us don't express that same joy later on in our lives, do we? It seems to sort of be quenched a little bit, right? When you first get saved, it's like this torch that's been turned on, full blast. It's like, right? I mean, like the flame, it just extends out, and it's huge. But then as we, as we keep going, all of a sudden, somebody starts turning the knob, and there's less gas going through there. There's less there's less to propel us because the world begins to close in, shut down around us. And next thing you know, instead of this big, enormous flame, you're left with just this little candle size. But you know what the Holy Spirit is? Holy Spirit's like gasoline. And if you will let him, he will pour on top of that flame and it goes, and it goes ginormous again. If you have ever lit a bonfire with gas, you know what I'm talking about. You are country people. I know you've done it. Some of you are looking at me going, yep, I've been there. I've done it. I grew up near Fairdale. I grew up Oklahoma and Fairdale, so it was neat to hear, because actually I didn't know that we had that in common. But, but here's the thing. Remember, we're talking about Paul, and Paul has been, we've been going through the book of Acts here in this chapter 22, where Paul is sharing his testimony, and he is sharing it in a way where he is letting people know where he was, how Jesus came upon him, and where he's going now. So in Acts chapter 22, verses 22 to 29, <clears throat> he says, up to, uh, up to this word... They listened to him. Paul is now, he's, he's sharing his testimony. He says, up to this word, they had listened to him. He's been sharing. He's been letting people know what Jesus has done in his life. And then it says, they then raised their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks, flinging dust into the air. The tribune ordered him to be brought into the, uh, the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging to find out why they were shouting against him like this. But when they had stretched him out for the whips, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went to the tribune and said to him, what are you about to do? For this man is a Roman citizen. So the tribune came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? And he said, Yes. The tribune answered, I bought the citizenship for a large sum. Paul said, But I am a citizen by birth. So those who were 
about to examine him withdrew from him immediately, and the tribune also was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had bound him. You see, for Paul, he's sharing the truth of his story. And the mere words of that truth set off these people to the point where where really they wanted him dead. I don't know if you caught that in the message. They're like, he shouldn't be allowed to live merely because he is sharing the truth of his story, of his encounter with the Lord. Because we don't agree with how the Lord has encountered him, and by no means he shouldn't even be allowed to breathe. What if that's how it was today for us? What if when Lisa or Dory or Sierra got up here and began to share their testimony and said, and said hey church, let me tell you about this thing. Let me tell you about this time. Let me, let me explain to you what Jesus has done in my life. Let me tell you about these hardships. But then Jesus showed up and we went, you get out of here. How dare you? Don't you ever mention that name again. Because that's what they did. They got crazy, crazy like they were ripping off their cloaks grabbing dirt, just throwing it in the air. I mean, could you imagine what that must have looked like? And for Paul, he's just going, I'm just sharing my story. This is what happened to me. This is, this is how Jesus encountered me. He met me on the road to Damascus. He blinded me so that I could actually see. Aren't we all blinded by the world around us? Aren't we all in a place where, where we find ourselves struggling to see Jesus, to hear Jesus, to experience Jesus because the world says, hate him? The world doesn't want you to know Jesus. The world certainly doesn't want you to love him. And more than anything, the world does not want you to follow Jesus. Period. We, however, have been called for a higher purpose. And so life with Jesus, as much as we want to say, man, it's going to be easy, it's not easy, is it, Lisa? Life with Jesus, I would love to tell you, man, you get saved, and then from there, it's just a bed of roses. It's fantastic. You should get on this Jesus train. It takes you straight to amazingville nothing bad ever happens there you're gonna go you're gonna have fun you're gonna experience money you're gonna live in this big ginormous mansion you're gonna have streets paved in gold oh wait a second no that's not here that's when he calls us home amen like 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 that's what happens we are going to have those things we get to look forward to those things but the world wants you to trust the here and the now, don't they? They want you to live right now, right now in this moment. I want you to know, see, and believe that all of that stuff in the Bible, it's all crap. It's all junk. It's all just, just, it's all made up by men. It's written by men. None of it matters. Except that it's truth. Except that no man has ever been able to point to any single contradiction ever. Every single word of it is is. 100% true. Why? Because God breathed it out. We have the word from the Lord to lead us and to guide us in everything that we have. 
And it's so that we can find rest and peace in the midst of the chaos that exists. And so in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you see that Jesus is big enough to handle everything? Jesus has shoulders wide enough to carry the weight of the entire sin of the world. If you are experiencing hurt, trials, struggles, anxieties, depressions, uh, addictions, whatever it is, any hurts, habits, or hang-ups, it's the way we like to describe them in the Christian world today, hurts, habits, and hang-ups sort of covers everything in this big blanket statement. If you have any of that, are you willing to lay them down at the feet of Jesus? Because he's asking you to. When he says, take my yoke upon you, when he says, my burden is light, he's saying, give me yours. Take mine. It's so much easier to carry the burdens of Jesus because he doesn't have any. He trusts in the Father. He he is God. He is the creator. He is everything. He is the one that says, don't worry about tomorrow. It's got, it's going to got plenty, it's plenty of worries all on its own. You don't have to worry about that. You focus on me. Put your cares and your concerns, your trust, everything. Follow me. And then Romans chapter 5, verse 1. If we are willing to do that, if we are willing to put everything into Jesus, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you want peace in your life? Can you experience peace in your life? Can you surrender everything in your life to the Lord Jesus? The answer to that is 100% yes, but there's an if. It's a big if, capital I, capital F. And that big if is if you're willing. You have to surrender. You have to lay everything down at his feet and say, I need the peace, the peace that passes all understanding. I need the peace of Jesus Christ in my life, and I know, Jesus, you're the only one that can give it. And so today I lay my life down to you. Today I surrender my life to you. Today I ask for your way and your will over my life. Today, Jesus, I follow you. And guess what? Even if you trip and you fall and you stumble and maybe you land flat on your face, Jesus goes, let me help lift you up. I'm going to dust you off and we're going to try again. You heard that expressed here today through Lisa's testimony. Where she said, you know, I I just fell away again. And then I tried. And I thought this time was it. And then, and then stuff happened. And then, and then, and then, Do you have an and then in your life? We all do. Even if you're not fully sure maybe of what it is yet, 
We all, if you haven't experienced an amen, you will. I'm telling you. It's what we do with that amen that matters. We have to trust Jesus with it. We have to call on him and we have to ask him for help and for guidance. Worship team, go ahead and come on up. If you have trusted in Jesus as your Savior, if you have called on his name, if you have cried out to him and said, I need you in my life, and you've truly accepted him in your heart, and I mean it's a heart issue. Remember we talked about that last week. It's not a brain issue. Don't let your brain tell you anything. You believe with your heart, and that's where you're justified. If you are there, it says that you are just, that's what we just read. You are justified. You are sanctified. You belong to Jesus Christ. No one can take you away if you believe. And that's only a decision between you and Jesus. That's where that decision lands. I don't get to look at you and say, hey, I think you're a little bit on the questionable side. I'm not the judge. I don't get to make a judgment call of if you're saved or not. All I can do is go by what you tell me. What I get to see, I can, I can make some assumptions, but didn't I just preach through a sermon on assumptions not too long ago? Assumptions don't work well either. There's plenty of people that we've looked at and tried to read like a book, and boy, did we get it wrong from the cover to the content on the inside, didn't we? Who I am on the outside doesn't express what Jesus has done for me on the inside. I belong to Jesus. Do you belong to Jesus? I've surrendered my life to Jesus. I've given my life to Jesus. I have confessed and said, I belong to you and I will follow you all the rest of my days. And for me, that landed me behind a pulpit. Where is it landing you? Are you committing your life to Christ and trusting in him and just simply saying, it's your way. I'm yours. That's what we have to do. We got to trust Jesus. We have to just just lay it all down and say yes will you say yes to Jesus today not asking you about tomorrow I'm asking you about today will you say yes to Jesus today and what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite anyone who wants to say yes to Jesus to come forward whether it's to give your life to him for the first time whether it's to rededicate your life to Jesus for maybe the twelfth time it doesn't matter which time it is The important part is that you want to give yourself to him. Or maybe you just need to cry out to him because you are in a place of hurt and pain and trial and struggle. Come to Jesus. When I say, say yes, I mean it. I can only encourage you to it. But you're not answering to me. Answer to Jesus. Answer his Holy Spirit and say yes when you feel that nudge when you feel that don't worry about who's next to me don't think about who's, who's going to watch me don't think about anything except Jesus when Peter got out of the boat he stood on water because he looked at Jesus and the second he moved his eyes away he sank look at Jesus keep your eyes focused on him trust in him believe in him We're going to sing this next song. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing this song. And I want you to respond as you feel the Lord call us. 
want you to be free in that. Let go of everything else. Be free in it. So Father, we come before you today, and I pray, Lord, that you would do a mighty work here, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would free the bondage that exists here in this place. Many of us have chains that are wrapped around our, our, our wrists and our ankles, and it is holding us back from you. And today, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would break all of those chains and that you would take us from a place of death to life, that we would surrender ourselves to you, that we would trust in you, that our faith would be, be grown so that we could just claim claim you as a Savior who has saved us from the perils of hell. So Jesus, let your Holy Spirit work. Let your Holy Spirit move and help us, Lord, to answer that call. I pray that if there is even just one here today, just one who needs you, that they would find the courage, they would find the courage, Lord, to come forward. Give them that, Lord. Thank you, and we praise you today in Jesus' name. Please stand.